Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Kate Faulkner. Hello, hope you're okay. Thank you for downloading today's podcast on Friday, September 8th. Our top story today, closures on the M20 and delays heading into Dover again today as the search for missing prisoner Daniel Khalif enters its third day. The 21-year-old is suspected to have strapped himself to the bottom of a food delivery lorry on Wednesday morning and being driven away from HMP Wandsworth. Police closed the M20 yesterday so they could stack lorries for extra checks. It caused queues of traffic and delays for anyone heading towards the coast yesterday afternoon. Overnight, helicopters and officers were scrambled to Richmond Park in London, but despite a thorough search, there have still been no confirmed sightings of the terror suspect. Nicola Everett has been speaking to the MP for South Thanet, Craig McKinley. The man was charged. I think he was on, um, you know, he's on remand, as it were. I don't think he's actually faced court yet. And you often find that remand prisoners aren't facing the full... Uh, prison system, as it were, it's a slightly lighter touch because you've actually not been found guilty of anything uh, than it would be unless you, you, you've actually been through the court and been uh, and been found guilty. Um, but, you know, on the face of it, it doesn't sound like he's a, an absolute danger, uh, but these things should never happen. Uh, it almost sounds like a, a jolly jape from the film The Great Escape or, or something from Escape from Colditz, you know, hiding underneath a uh, a, a lorry that's been making deliveries. I mean, you could barely make it up. So things have gone wrong on the security issue there. Uh, I know the, the ports and airports are on alert and uh, there is a, all, all police um, police around the whole country are on alert to try and find this man. I'm, I'm sure he'll be found, but it, it's not good news. And um, it, it obviously shows up some very glaring security issues, which you'd think would be run of the mill in which I know it's not a cat A prison, but it's a cat B prison. Uh, it is a prison that is often used for uh, those on remand. But, um, yeah, very unfortunate. It, it, we seem to be running in uh, to a lot of bad luck of late, shall I say, and, and and this adds to it. But thankfully, this doesn't happen very often. No, it doesn't. But do, do you think it raises a question that anyone who's perhaps suspected of a terror offence needs to be in maybe a slightly higher security prison before they appear in court on trial? Well, we have... You know, uh, his Majesty's Prison Belmarsh is often used for these type of very, very high profile, very, very dangerous offenders uh, to be on remand before their trial. Uh, I assume, you know, some assessment was made about the severity of the offences and perhaps room in the prison estate. Uh, but, you know, it should be any prison uh, should be secure enough to take any prisoner. Uh, this shouldn't be the case of, uh, you know, any ability to be able to abscond in such a um, almost comic way, shall we say. So, no, I haven't got immediate concerns about that. I've just got immediate concerns about what was happening happening at uh, His Majesty's Prison in Wandsworth, uh, that this could ever have happened in, in, in uh, as I say, in almost such a comedic way, really. Uh, it's almost sort of a boy's own story. Um, so I think there'll be lots of questions asked as to, you know, what happens when a delivery lorry comes in. They usually go through sort of a double security, you go into an area, gates locked behind, then the, the gate in front is opened. Uh, you would expect there to be um, mirrors underneath and all of that type of thing, which is is not uncommon in, in many secure areas. Uh, something obviously went wrong. It might have been a one-off, uh, but there may be, need to be a, a wider review of security. But no, on, on the face of it, I think Wandsworth was perfectly good enough just that something's gone wrong there.
Now, while Nicola was speaking to Craig, she also spoke to him about the number of asylum seekers that have made their way across the channel in recent days. Figures seen by the Cant Online podcast show more than 1,800 people made the journey in the five days from last Saturday. Dozens of people are often crammed onto vessels which don't meet EU safety regulations. Mr McKinley says we need to find a different approach. I mean, let's be honest, nothing seems to be working. Uh, we've got the new illegal migration bill. Uh, that hasn't really stopped it at all. Uh, the numbers are a little down from this time last year, not least because we've got the Albanian uh, deal in place. So Albanians are are, are pretty promptly returned. Uh, and I know the government is working on other returns deals with, with places like Turkey and, and India. We're waiting for the Rwanda policy, which is meant to be a deterrent effect. Uh, that If the prospect is that you may be processed in Rwanda, perhaps that will take... Uh, that the you know the topping off of the idea that you might want to come to the UK, um, but you know all of these things don't seem to be working. We've paid uh, France close to half a billion pounds to actually try and stop uh, this this traffic, and then you contrast that with Belgium, uh, to whom we're not paying any money at all, and they are actually having a far better record on on stopping the uh, the launchings from their beaches because they've taken the view that they will actually stop them once the boat is afloat. This week at the Prime Minister's Questions, uh, I raised a bit of a novel uh, idea. Uh, you know, how is it that uh, if I'm a dinghy manufacturer in the UK and want to export to the EU single market, uh, you'll have to face the full panoply of, uh, of requirements. Uh, but it seems that these broadly made in Turkey, these extended, used once, very dangerous, very flimsy, very large dinghies, and they're coming into the EU area, uh, predominantly via Bulgaria and via Greece. Uh, how is it that the same rules, the same access to single market rules do not seem to be applying with any great enthusiasm or rigour uh, when these obviously dangerous, obviously non-CE marked, obviously non-customs uh, declared uh, dinghies are coming in from Turkey? And it seems to me if these could be stopped at the border coming in from Turkey into uh, either Bulgaria or Greece, we could be well on the way of solving this problem. And that's the reason I raised it at PMQ. But, um, you know, these similar ideas are uh, in progress. And I think there are discussions with Turkey, with the president of Turkey, and say, well, you know, these things are being made in factories in your country. Uh, can you do, please do what you can to stop these things from being made? Because you know, not only is this fueling this trade, these are very, very dangerous dinghies. And, and we've seen deaths and, and nobody wants that. So, yeah, a multitude of problems, uh, seemingly no answers, seemingly no way out. Uh, I propose what I call Plan C. So when the RNLI boat lands at uh, Dungeness or elsewhere, um, people are loaded back onto, um, especially young uh, single men, uh, obviously maybe some different ideas with, with, with women and children, uh, absolutely. Uh, and they are transported back over to a French beach for, uh, uh, you know, with the message that, well, these are the few that you missed. Kent Online reports. Another of our top stories today, a man is due in court later accused of having a firearm following reports of a person with a gun in Gravesend. Police were called to Pelham Road early on Saturday morning while armed officers were spotted at an address three days later. A 32-year-old from Dartford is also charged with assault following a separate incident. A man's been arrested after people were reportedly threatened by someone with a metal bar near a school in Medway. Police were called to Twiddle Lane in Gillingham on Tuesday afternoon with the nearby school and nursery 
put into lockdown. A 31-year-old from the town is in custody. A man has been arrested after a two-car crash in Tunbridge Wells. He suffered an arm injury in the collision in Sandhurst Road in the early hours of yesterday morning. It's suspected he was drink driving at the time. Kent Online reports. As the heatwave continues for another day across the county, a number of blazes have broken out. Firefighters have been called after a canopy at a Kent railway station caught fire. Crews arrived at Margate just after three yesterday afternoon. No one was injured. The fire is thought to have started accidentally. Fire crews have also been called to Molash between Ashford and Canterbury after a blaze broke out in a barn. Emergency services were on the scene in Knockwood Lane yesterday afternoon. No one was reported injured. Investigations are underway to discover the cause for that one. And a car has caught a light outside Maidstone Hospital this morning. The fire broke out just before 8am in Hermitage Lane, but it's understood there have been no injuries. It has had an impact on bus services, with Arriva confirming the number three was placed on diversion. Kent Online reports. Now, this is one of our most viewed stories today. Dozens of staff from Stagecoach have walked out from the bus company after one of its Kent depots closed over the weekend. The site in Cheriton was shut down with services in the area also on the chopping block. Most of those affected are drivers. As many as 50 chose to leave, while others transferred to Dover or Ashford. More than £2 million worth of fines may have been wrongly handed out to drivers for using a bus lane in Tunbridge Wells Town Centre. The allegations come from a former councillor who suggests the local authority breached government regulations by introducing the controversial charge. Greg Clark, the MP for Tunbridge Wells, has called for the cameras along Mount Pleasant to be turned off and the fines to be repaid. Dangerously high levels of E. coli have been found on a Kent beach. It follows tests of the water quality at Dimchurch by the Environment Agency, who have confirmed an investigation is underway. A do not swim warning is already in place near St Mary's Bay. A bus company has launched a full investigation after a picture was posted on socials showing a woman sitting up on the dashboard next to the driver. It involved the 164 service in Chatham and Arriva says it's taking the incident extremely seriously. Passengers have described it as irresponsible and shocking. You can see the pictures at Kent Online. Kent Online reports. A group of people have been fined a total of more than £4,000 for dropping cigarette butts in Medway. The offences happened in January and February this year. Their cases all ended up going to court after they failed to pay the initial penalty notice. A hotel in Canterbury that's been home to refugees for the last two years is set to reopen to the public. The Abbots Barton in New Dover Road was being used as accommodation for Afghans who were brought to the UK through the government's resettlement scheme. Residents have now been settled elsewhere and the hotel is ready to welcome visitors. Highway bosses have apologised after roadworks through Medway were extended for an extra two weeks. The A228 Forums Hill towards Stroud from the Hoo Peninsula has already been partially closed for more than a month but will now be completed on September 16th. They're working to widen an existing shared footway and cycle path which locals say is barely used. Kent Online reports. A new album featuring the music of a Chatham singer-songwriter is set to be released 10 years after he died from heart failure. Chris Austin died at the age of 36, just a day after being diagnosed with liver cancer in 2013. His death was also the end of his band, Tape Error. Home recorded tracks for their debut album were stuck on Chris's computer. Now the songs have been retrieved and the album is being released. For family, friends and fans, it will create a lasting legacy for an iconic musical talent who remains fondly remembered throughout Medway and Kent. The new album, which we released on October 6, has been described as Chris's final gift to the world. Kent Online reports. 
A new initiative will see thousands of remanufactured laptops given out to vulnerable people in Kent. It's a joint initiative between Council and Circular Computing. It's aimed at tackling the digital divide and supporting those who struggle to maintain access to essential technology. A former pizza restaurant in Maidstone Town Centre has been put on the market after having to close due to the cost of living crisis. The owners of Prezzo in Earl Street closed their doors earlier this year as high bills and soaring inflation made it impossible to go on. It's been put up for sale for £1.25 million. And the first bison calf to be born in the wild in the UK is celebrating her first birthday today. She was born to a group of bison that were introduced to woodland in Canterbury as part of a rewilding project. Kent Online reports. And now with a look of everything that's happening in Kent this weekend, here's Sam Laurie. If the summer holidays have left you out of pocket, you might be looking for some ways to spend time with the family for free. Well, if that's the case, then you're in luck as the Heritage Open Days are back this week until next Sunday. The National Trust scheme sees properties and historic sites all over the country open their doors for unique experiences and events. And the best part is, they're free. We've picked some of our highlights from across Kent, including a tour of Canterbury Cathedral, a film screening at the Palace Cinema in Broadstairs, and recreations of First World War trenches at the Kent Showground in Detling. You can find the full list of our top picks, along with event dates and timings, on Kent Online. Speaking of history, that's not the only place where you can experience going back in time this weekend as one of the county's biggest retro festivals returns. Salute to the 40s will be at the Chatham Dockyard on Saturday and Sunday with live swing music, jive dancing lessons, vintage fashion and living history displays. Tickets aren't included in your standard dockyard admission, so make sure you book a separate ticket online if you want to go along. And if you're looking for something to wear, you can always pop along to the Antiques and Vintage Fair at the Kent Event Centre in Detling, near Maidstone, and pick up some vintage clothing and accessories from the hundreds of indoor and outdoor stalls. The fair is open all day on Saturday and Sunday, so there's plenty of time to find that perfect 1940s outfit. When it comes to live music, this weekend is a big one as Dreamland continues its Margate Summer Series. That's right, the summer concerts continue right up until the end of this month, and that does seem about right considering the hot weather we're having. On Friday night, Birmingham group The Streets will be taking to the scenic stage for a rare live performance, while indie band Two Door Cinema Club will be playing all of their biggest hits on Saturday. And finally, if it's theatre you're after, then the hilarious rock and roll musical The Rocky Horror Show is still at the Marlow Theatre in Canterbury until Saturday. Then, after a quick turnaround, one of London's spookiest shows, 222 A Ghost Story, will be making its debut at the theatre as part of its first UK tour next week, and there's still time to book tickets. Just a quick note while we're on the theatre, don't forget that unfortunately the Orchard Theatre in Dartford is currently closed while safety checks are carried out on the building, meaning that all shows until the end of this month have, for the time being, been postponed or cancelled. So that's all we've got for this week, but make sure you keep checking the What's On page on Kent Online to find out all you need to know about what's coming up in the county over the coming weeks and months. Kent Online Sports. Football now and Gillingham will be looking to avoid making it three league defeats in a row as they welcome Harrogate Town this weekend. The game follows disappointing losses to Colchester and Grimsby Town, but they did manage to beat Leighton Orient in the league trophy on Tuesday night. Here's defender Robbie McKenzie. Yeah, uh, Saturday wasn't our best performance. We all know that, we'll all admit that. Uh, but I think we put things right Tuesday night and got the win, so hopefully we can carry that into the weekend. We want to make this place a hard place to come and, and get three points, so obviously having two home games in a row, it's a big opportunity for us to really push on. In this league, anyone can beat anyone on the day, but especially here, I feel like we've, we get a bit more confidence, we get the crowd behind us, and 
yeah, it's a good atmosphere. They're obviously going to come out early and, and try and take the game to them, try and make them match our high intensity. And yeah, hopefully it's going to be a good game for us. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be hot in it, so we're going to have to hydrate properly and, and really look at that side of the game as well as the pace of the game maybe a little bit. Uh, but yeah, we'll have to manage that. Neil Harris says they've had a reality check after losing their last two games in the league following a perfect start. The fans have been brilliant. Since, since January, the, the, the fans have been absolutely brilliant. I think all what's happened is everyone's got so excited since January because we put it on ourselves with the results we got last year. We'd have walked the league if it started at the start of the season. We'd have, we'd have won the league. Um, we feel like we signed some good players in, in, in the summer. We missed out on some, but we signed some good players. Uh, and we won our first five games, so everyone's got really excited. But there has to be you know, a level of calmness as well in it. And reality is that it's a real tough league this year. We can't win every game. And you win your first five, you are going to lose at some stage. The, 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 if I get questions off the back of Grimsby, I 100% understand because the performance was really poor. And we lacked real spirit uh, and identity in our performance. And so... Yes, it was a poor performance on the pitch, but obviously, ultimately, I take responsibility as manager for it, um, and that's where we have to be better. And what, what I've learned is I've, I've picked up real clarity from Saturday and Tuesday going into this weekend. If we feel we, we, we've got a good group of players, and we feel like, um, for example, in, in Sean Williams and Ethan Coleman, we've got two very similar players in the way they play, and, and, and very, very good players at you know, different age ranges, um, that taking one out and putting one in isn't a major shift to the team. Uh, we feel like we've got some players that, that can play in a slightly different way in different positions as well. Ashley Addison's a completely different striker to uh, Tom Nichols, for example. So picking an individual for a game is still an option for me, but keeping a central team would, would be a lot simpler as well at times, you know, a lot simpler. Um, and, you know, a bit of consistency goes down well in a change of them and on the training pitch just to keep consistent routine. Um, so it worked really well for us for, for the first few weeks. Um, obviously at the moment it's extremely difficult because of because of the injury situation and the amount of games. This will be our 10th game in, in just under five weeks. So, you know, we, we've had to manage that. But moving forward where where we um you know we have three midweeks, then it, it might give me the good opportunity to, to stick with a settled side. The Jules are currently third in the League Two table with the visitors down in 19th. But while the weekend may look promising for the football club, it's not all smooth sailing. Gillingham have been fined and assistant manager David Livermore handed a four-match touchline ban by the FA. It's over a coming together of players and management staff on the pitch at the end of the game against Crawley Town. The club must pay £3,000. Crawley were fined £2,000. That's all from us today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.